Very, very special edition. And I'm not just saying that because the Eagles won again, which will never get boring to talk about. Five and no, baby. I'm not just saying that because the Phillies now all of a sudden can't seem to lose. I can't believe they just won. They just won their first game against the Braves a couple hours ago. Wild. But above everything else, today's a special day because we are winging it with a very, very, very special friend. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you've seen him before. Maybe you've heard him on Inside the Birds podcast with Quentin Michael. Maybe you've seen his face on NBC Sports Philadelphia, Birds Huddle with Barrett Brooks. Maybe you've seen him. Maybe you go to Michigan games. Maybe you just see him hanging out on the sidelines of Michigan games. Ladies and gentlemen, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles from 2006 to 2013. Two of the best hands I've ever seen in my damn life. Everybody, give it up for Jason Avant. Ooh, uh, they got, a little, <laughs> got a little noise in the background. <laughs> Look, we, we are high tech here. We are high tech. Jason, thank you, thank you, thank you. For coming on with us, man. Can't can't say thank you enough. First of all, the Wolverines are six and zero. The Eagles are five and zero. You're a fan above everything of both of these teams. Yeah. What's that like for you right now? Well, it's definitely a, a great time to be me. I get the chance to go and cover the games in college and and see the guys play really well, and then I come back and I watch the games and or I'm at the game for for Sundays and and seeing seeing the team play well. So it's it's all love here. Like it's nothing but wins and everyone's in a good mood. You know, in Philadelphia, if we're losing, it sucks here. We're winning. People become, you know, down South, right? They're starting to, Hey neighbor, how you doing? Go birds. Right. So <laughs> we've become very, very like <laughs> hospitable when the Eagles are winning. Yeah. Those Monday mornings <laughs> at Wawa are a little bit different. You know, the door doesn't really get open for you as much. And there's no, you know, cause, cause that's kind of how you say, you know, I love you or how you doing, or today's a great day. You just say go birds. It kind of covers all of it, but those Monday mornings after losses, um, yeah. it doesn't really happen all that often. But I wanted to actually kick this off today. I got a trivia question for for both of you. Um, so this weekend, it was a bad weekend to be a Cardinal here in Philly. Um, there are five sports teams, franchises across all major sports. We're talking hockey, basketball, baseball, football, etc. That share the same team names for professional organizations. So the St. Louis Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals are one. There's four others. Can you guys give me one other? Oh, I can give you one other, and there's three of these. What, the Tigers? There's Tigers on there? No. Tigers no, is not, not on the one. list. I was going to go Kings. You got Sacramento. You got uh, you got L.A. for hockey. No, there you and then, and You got it. That's, no, okay. that's it. Sacramento and, and uh, L.A. Jason, what do you got? Oh, I just messed it up. Oh, right on top of my head. Let's go in a bird family. That's smart. Uh, 
All right, give it to me. Give it to me. All we'll right, so all you have the Rangers, NHL, and then yeah. MLB. Mm-hmm. You have the Cardinals that we already mentioned. You have the San Francisco and New York Giants. You also Giants. have the Carolina and Florida Panthers, Sacramento and LA Kings, and there used to be two others. I'm not going to say what's the bonus question here, but it used to be the New York Jets and Winnipeg Jets mm, and the Oilers, which are no longer there, Houston and Edmonton. So I thought it was a little oh, fun nice. trivia question. I would love to go back and see, like, has there ever been another instance where a same city beat both of those teams? But I'm looking way too far in the archives. Well, what about, I mean, and you got your Philadelphia, well, it used to be the Philadelphia Athletics for what it's worth. I'm not sure if that if that qualifies as part of your question. But I digress. I think this trivia you know website's BS, and that, that should count. <laughs> I think it should count. <laughs> All right, so let's start things off here. Alex and I, we like to do a little thing. Should, do, do we want to? Do we want to run the the new soundbite? Let's run the new soundbite. And, and and Jay, you might recognize this voice. Alex and Andrews, two up, two down. So in this segment of Two Up, Two Down, what we do is we take two things that we liked from the game and then two things that we could have improved. So Andrew and I are going to share theirs. We're going to get insight from Jason, who's also going to share his yep. um, here on the show. So starting with my first up for the week, I felt that the Philadelphia Eagles were losing commands in the second half of the game. Nick Sirianni stepped up to the plate with nine minutes left and said, we are just going to run the ball. And as a result, ran over six and a half minutes off the clock to give the Cardinals back with no timeouts the ball under two minutes. I think that Nick saw what was going on in the field, saw that we weren't performing so much in the second half. And truthfully, Kyler Murray was playing really good football there as the game progressed. I thought it was an absolutely incredible way that Nick just took all the time off. Nine minutes and 52 seconds were remaining in the fourth quarter, and he ran that ball all the way down to two. Absolutely love that drive there. Jason, what did you think about the time management and everything there that that you had uh, you saw Nick doing? Well, I thought that they did a good job with protecting the football, but at the same time, I think that we have to capitalize at the end of the drive. And this may be yeah. a negative thing for me. And yeah. when you break down the last few plays, especially the last few passing plays that Jalen Hurts had, the rollout to the right, the play action to the right, you really had A.J. Brown streaking there, and he was number one. He was open mm-hmm. first. And if you get the ball lower, it's very, very hard for Jalen Thompson, the safety, to come over and make that play. But overall, yes, you always revert back to what you do best. And the Eagles did that at the end of the last season when they couldn't pass the ball pretty um, really effectively for most of the year. They begin to run it majority of the time. And uh, when push comes to um, shove, this team will run the football. And that's what we got back to doing later in that drive. And we had to do it in some very um, peculiar ways for ourselves. We end up being in 13 personnel a bunch and running the ball out of 13 personnel and also got into a groove throwing the ball in 13 personnel. So we may see more of that. 13 personnel is three tight ends, one receiver, and one uh, one running back. Something that we haven't done a bunch this year, but it was definitely effective. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, go ahead, Andrew. Go I ahead. was going to say, did you happen to notice, it seemed like we had a couple of times where we, you know, kind of got in our own way, um, you know, maybe jumped or had a false start, lost some yardage. We'd start off first and 20. And, you know, we I think, Alex, you and I were even talking about it. It's like, in those scenarios, it seems like it's almost... Uh, you're going to get 
it's less risk to just run the ball there, try to get maybe five, six yards back. The defense is probably not really protecting against the run as much as they would if, it, if it's first and long. So I don't know. I felt like we were trying to, to utilize the screen pass a little bit in those scenarios. Maybe it's just something Jalen saw in the defense that thought he, you know, that that would be a little bit more effective. But personally, I would have liked them to see to just in general, obviously run the ball earlier, but, but, you know, especially on those first and long situations, Jay, like, do you, do you typically like running the ball there? Well, you can't do one thing and expect it to work 100% of the time. You just can't do that. Not in NFL because you can't put the same thing on in the film because people are going to adjust and adapt to it. Now, Van Joseph's defense is extremely opportunistic and they blitz more than 40% of the time. Therefore, the screen game was one of those things that they wanted to offset his blitzing. So that's why we saw so many screens is because of the coordinator that they were going against. And usually the opposing offense will tell you what you should do against their defense. If you notice, the mm. Cardinals are mad, you know, are, are very good at running screens and especially line of scrimmage, those types of things. And that's because they practice against that defense the entire time. So um, that was a good indication. But yes, would you like some better production on first round, first down runs? Yeah, you would. I think it goes back to the second half. We've had bad second halves this entire year, pretty yeah. much. And um, in the second half, we kind of let off the gas a little bit, and we make more mistakes than we do in the first half. Yeah. No, I think that that's really, really valuable insight into there. I never really thought about that as well. Um, all right, so for my second up for the week is if Jalen Hurts is the face of the franchise, then Jason Kelsey is the heart and soul. This man, you know, does not go down unless it is bad. He's in pain. I think he sets a record for a center with most consecutive starts. So to see him limping off the field there is like you kind of hold your breath for a little bit. You're like, not, not, not Jason Kelsey. First play back, you think that they would take some of his load off, line up in a shotgun formation, run the ball up for an eight-yard gain on Kelsey's side where he's running down the field again, blocking people out of the way. The up with that is not just the performance that we've seen in Kelsey, but it's also the fact that our number twos can play on any offensive line. Dickerson, Apeta, Jurgens, these guys can compete with the rest of them. And when Kelsey was out, I didn't even notice until he was right back running into the game. I was like, oh, snap, he's actually back into there. Andrew, what do you think about the strength of our offensive line? I feel for the first time that if one person goes down, it's not the end of the it's not the end of the season for us. Malata wasn't even there this week, and it's like it was it didn't even have that much of an impact on what we saw out of the run game. What are your thoughts on depth of the offensive line? Yeah, and to that point about Malata, uh, you know they don't have Dillard right now, who even though he's never quite played up to his draft value, he was drafted as a first rounder to be you know to protect the blind side. I'm not sure if he's still just nothing more than trade bait at this point. Maybe another team is trying to get lucky with, with Dillard and and maybe can get something out of him. But I know he's going to be – he. Sh- when he originally suffered the injury, I know it was pretty short term. I also want to make a quick note about the name Jason and just being built tough. And I'm not just – Jay, I was looking <laughs> at – Come on, dude. No, 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 no I'm not – no, 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 but look, hold on a sec. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying, Jason, look, you're – Wide receivers get hurt all the time. I'm looking at your career here. You missed like two games. You missed like two games when, like during the course of you being an Eagle. So I'm just saying like, that's impressive. So I'm, I'm not trying like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah cool, Jason. You're here and everything. Yeah. And like, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to talk you up, but like, that's still impressive, man. Just from being just as a, just, I'm just yeah. trying to make a connection between Jason's and tough. So anyway, yeah. Jason Bourne, Jason, 
Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> Kelsey. <laughs> so anyway, uh, obviously, it's just it. It's so incredibly valuable. You're seeing it in the league. I mean, it's it's the games won in the trenches. The teams with strong offensive lines seem to be the teams with the most success. Um, so it's yeah. great. We 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 planned out really well. Jack, go ahead. I'll give you I'll give you guys a little bit in, in, of insight with Jason Kelsey. It's a weird echo here for me. So, but now um, we hear you fine. We hear you fine. Yeah. So with Jason Kelsey, just from an organization, they value him more than pretty much any player uh, that I've ever come across. Mm. The reason being, and I've I've been a coach and I played and with Jason and with Travis, right? I had a chance to play with both brothers. He is so smart that you have to defer a lot of times, even as a coach, to his wisdom, right? Because he's dialing up protections for the entire team. We can't protect it that way because of this, this, and this. We can't do it this way because of this, this, and this. And if it doesn't make sense, they're not going to do it. And that's why he's so valuable he doesn't he takes ownership of the offensive line because he feels like he's coaching them as well right and he doesn't want to let anyone down and he is tough as nails um toughest toughest teammate i ever had though just in general john runyon by far john runyon was an iron man john runyon played an entire season with a broken back broken tailbone well 10 games uh so like <laughs> like it's and had to stand up on every um road game three, four hours to the West Coast. He was standing up the entire time on the plane. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. I just, like, I picture seeing John, like, John Runyon, like, when I was a kid, I swore he was, like, a mythological creature. I'm just like, look at this guy. He's got hair on his arms. He's got hair. I can see hair on the back of his neck. I'm like, that is a man. But, Maybe I thought Paul Bunyan too. That's <laughs> why I made the connection. I don't know. But 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 that that's the same class of 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 person. And yes, is he the heart and soul of the, of the Eagles? Yes, of the offense for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, take us through your two ups for the week. Yeah, I'm going to make this quick. Uh, one thing I just really noticed, and it was earlier in the game, and you know it kind of quieted down a little bit after that. But I, I. Hertz made a throw at the end of the first quarter where yeah. he was kind of sidestepping to his left, and he made a strong throw to Devontae Smith, probably for about twenty yards. Was that on the and third down play? It was on the third. It was like yeah. third and thirteen, was, yeah. and I think I'm just like that was the most impressive throw I've ever seen him make. It was. I, really I've good. I've already been incredibly impressed with the improvement of the, of the downfield pass, but just seeing him throw off balance and and showing the arm strength, I think that's always always was a bit of a question. Does he have an NFL arm? That was an NFL throw that elite quarterbacks make. So um, that I, that that play stood out in particular. And then just kind of a broad statement here. It's just I feel like we haven't won the same way any two weeks. And that and that just kind of I, I like the versatility in that way. I like that we can find good teams find ways to win. And it sounds cliche, but like it's not easy to go into Arizona and win. Yes, we are a better team. And yes, like it, there were, it was frustrating. And honestly, we got pretty lucky to walk out of there with a win. But at the end of the day, it's like we did enough to win. And and we started off the game. I thought the offense looked so good in the first quarter. We had a big defensive play with the interception and in, in early in the game as well. And then like the middle of the game kind of was like, all right, what's what's going on? And then the end kind of picked back up. So I haven't seen too many games where we start great and end great. And then everything in between, we usually either like start or end well. So I just like kind of, again, it's just another way that we figured out a way to get the W. Um, so those are my ups. I would yeah. love to hear what Jason thinks. 
Yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, actually, I want to ask you one question in, in regards to that that unscripted play where Hertz was stepping to the left. Do you guys, with a quarterback, um, are you scripting chaos? Like if the play breaks down and your quarterback has a tendency to go left or right and based off of what you're seeing there, Jason, like are you are you like talk me through like your first and second read as a wide receiver in those situations? Like what does that look like for you? It all depends on what coverage it is. But if it's zone like that was, you're trying to get to your spot, right? Based on what the lines are, based on what the coaches have coached you, you try to get to your spot. When you hear the crowd roar and the play is off schedule and off time, now you go into scramble rules. Mm. Scramble rules is the guy that's um, on the left side that started off left. If he was deep, he comes back to the quarterback. The guy that's short goes deep. The guy that's in the middle just be parallel to the quarterback and mirror him. And the guy backside goes from short to deep, like on a deep post over, right? And you kind of work that game and it, it's a moving game. If he's moving right, that whole thing shifts. You got to know where you are and you find the open space. So you're kind of playing football, but that those are general scramble rules. Sometimes they are broken for open space, but that's the general rule of thumb. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, no, that that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, so you um, see, so you see, Devante, when the play was off time, he's mirroring because he was the one that was in the middle of the field. The he's middle. trying to mirror the quarterback and getting his vision. That's always the word that you're that you're that you hear is that you're always trying to get into the quarterback's vision because he's running away, so he can't see the entire field. Wow. That's, Matt and Vision really that, painted that, that picture so beautifully. The little, the, the little, the little, uh, the little practice things you do, where it's like the the worst quarterback would have, like you know, a the little tiny vision. Bit, yeah. <laughs> well, the most impressive part about the throw was was the hip transition, which is very very hard to do moving left, because if you're rolling left, the tendency is that the ball is going to fade left. But he was able to step up into the throw as much as he could but his hips had to get square to the target. So he's running left, and at the last minute, he rotates his hips to get the ball off, which is the generator of the power. Whenever you see a big hit, a big collision, a nice block, um, a quarterback that that delivers a nice throw is going to generate through your hips. Same way when you get down low and you're pushing a car, your friend got stuck. You're getting in, in a <laughs> low position and you're trying to get your hips forward. It's the same thing that generates power. So you don't always need – the strongest arm. If you can generate power from the hips, you'll be able to make the throw. And that was a very impressive, impressive play. It seems like the best quarterbacks, the most elite quarterbacks, kind of have that hip thing working for them. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> you see it in slow motion. Josh Allen, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, historically. I mean, maybe not as Jack much. Jack Prescott's a meme because of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We'll, 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 get, we'll get onto you later, Dallas. We, we got plenty <laughs> to talk about you, Dallas. Jason, what are your two ups from the game? If you had two takeaways from the game, uh, two things that really impressed you, what, what were those? Two ups is the defense holding a home team to 17 points. Whenever yeah, you're, that's whenever you are on the road and you can hold the home team to 17, you're going to win ball games. And usually, the line of demarcation is 24. If you can score more than 24, the offense is going to view that as a win, and we should win the game if the defense holds them to 24 and under. So we were well within that seven points within that range, and that's going to yield wins for you. So that's a great job, of, and it's a hard job because we had to do some things that we weren't accustomed to doing. And everyone is, you know, up in arms about the long drive that the Cardinals had. That's just 
that's going to happen with the, what the Eagles were doing. The Eagles basically made Kazir White a spy. They've they've been playing matchup zone coverage, and they've had an extra man in the matchup in order to, to pick up crossers. When you play against Kyler Murray, you take one guy out of that matchup zone, so now you have a one a, another guy running free. So you see on uh, the touchdown that was dropped by Marquise uh, uh, Brown, the one behind TJ TJ Edwards. That right there is a clear example of zones being wide open because of who we're playing. So I thought that the team had a great job to flush him out. And um, the only pressure that we really got the entire day was Hassan Reddick, who got um, pressure on, I want to say, four or five times. Um, but we made him, we did make him frantic. We did, um, you know, stop a lot of things that they were trying to do. So I thought the defense was impressive. So that's one. The second, I would say, is um, Gardner Johnson. Gardner Johnson had 10 tackles, and it was 10 solo tackles. Gardner Johnson's played woefully bad, and a lot of people don't realize this and know this, but Gardner Johnson has played bad because it's been a transition for him. He was a nickel corner in Saint, uh, in New Orleans, which is a totally different position than playing free safety and or strong safety at times. Whoever's in the box is the designation. But – He's played bad. He's let guys get behind him. He got he let a guy get behind him in, in the Commanders game. The guy dropped it. He let a guy get behind him in the Vikings game. The guy dropped it. He's missed so many open tackles in the touchdown that um, the Hollywood Brown caught was he got juked out of his shoes. But he's getting better at it. And that's the thing that I will say. He's played bad but he's getting better and to have 10 solo, 10 solo tackles is extremely hard in the national football league. And then you couple that with an interception, which was a really good play because, um, and this is kind of getting technical. You get two posts. It was a post on the outside where he threw the ball to, and there's a middle post that's supposed to take him away from it. It's like a, a guy streaking through the middle. He kind of took two steps toward it and saw it and peeled back and got the interception. So it was a really good play by him. It was a heads up yeah. play. And if yeah. I recall, I think that was one of the plays that Reddick really he, he got in there. I think Kyler was backpedaling a little bit. Yeah. I am shocked that that Gardner Johnson had ten solo tackles because I yeah I, I guess the Hollywood Brown missed tackles stood out so much. Yeah, I'm just like these guys are just they all need new cleats. Nobody. It seems like everyone's just slipping and sliding. No one's able to make a tackle. And I swore he was like a victim of that quite a bit. But ten tackles is impressive. So that's a yeah. great call out. Those those stadiums that use natural artificial grass is, is really bad. Like they roll it in and roll it out and never really gets a chance to like settle into the ground permanently. Right. Because they're mm-hmm. rolling it in, they're rolling it out. It, it's, it's, it's a really weird setup that they have there. And usually those stadiums, you slip like crazy. You need you just seven think steps. you just think that we'd figure this out by now. Like, I just feel like how many years has football been a sport, right? Like, the turf in MetLife is causing career-ending injuries, right? And this this fake artificial pitch turf, whatever we want to say, is also not good. Just plant grass. Just plant grass and let it grow in the desert. I don't know how you do it. We have the money. (laughs) We're a multi-billion dollar league. Just make it happen. How does does your game plan go into there? Are you packing, like, different sets of cleats? Because I could have sworn that Jalen was – was I, I think he changed him up at halftime. I thought I saw him wearing studs. Yeah, I, I saw him wearing like white Air Jordans, and then I think he he changed into green cleats. But I may have been mistaken. Yeah, there was there was the play that you know he um, slipped on on a third down. It was like a third and one, 
earlier in the game and uh, he changed his cleats after, you know, in the second half. But there is always a seven stud option. You you bring you bring three pair of cleats that's up to the equipment team, but you usually bring three pairs of cleats and one of those are seven studs and that's the longer studs that you um, that you can play in and those you rarely slip in. But they're 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 dangerous too. You know, because you can get your your foot caught in the ground if you're playing in, 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 in perfect weather. So that's usually for inclement weather, some type of rainstorm, some type of snowstorm, that type of thing. Uh, yep. Very cool. So those are my two those are my two positives. Yeah, let's get into the two negatives. Andrew, why don't you kick us off with the two downs? Two downs. Um well, one, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna repeat what we just talked about with the missed tackles and the slipping and the sliding, and it just seeming like we couldn't gain any traction, and uh, it was frustrating. It was, it was, it was, it seemed to be a consistent theme. I don't, I felt like we didn't see the defense perform that way since week one. It really looked like the tackling shored up quite a bit since then. Um, you know, I, we only finished the game with one sack, and that that does that does feel like a, a step backwards from what we've been seeing. But again, this is a completely different quarterback, and we were expecting that going in. So, Jason, even you, you know, mentioning uh, mentioning Kaiser White, you know, spying the quarterback, it's you kind of just have to contain and just not let him beat you with his legs. And he was making a lot of just those kind of intermediate throws, like all of their receivers averaged between like eight and ten yards of reception. So it was like very obvious what our defensive game plan was um but just you know the cleats come on um and my second thing is just like i just we it looked like it was going to be an aj brown game that first drive and then mm-hmm. poof gone i'm not going to bring any like did i just trade for him in fantasy whatever I'm not even going to walk that i'm not even going to walk that 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 rope <laughs> i don't even care about that maybe a little bit but i i love this guy and like i trust me i don't think I'm not harping on this one performance by any means because he's been everything we want, just catches everything. Uh, but I was, and we, you know, we involved Goddard more. Uh, Devontae had 10 catches, almost 10 catches. So, um, you know, clearly it seemed like the defense was probably adjusting to try to keep AJ out, but uh, just would have liked to see him get involved after the first quarter. So, Jason, kick it over to you for your two down. My two down is the lack of shots down the field. Yes, that was that, mine. Yep. That would be one. And it was strategic. So I, I don't want you to think that it was just by happenstance. It was the nature of the way that they play. They play a cover four, which is two safeties, which at the the onset of the play is kind of discouraging you to go down the field, right? Because you have safety help. And when you add the blitz element to it, they're banking that we're going to get there before you can figure out what we're doing. So it was kind of strategic on their part, but there's ways to manufacture post route and other routes down the field. But they didn't feel like, I guess, they could protect it with all the linemen out. So you got to think about all of those things going into play. You got Driscoll there and you got other guys that are playing. And you're like, I don't know if I can hold this up. So that could be a reason, but I would love to see more shots down the field. The other, the other um, thing that I would like to see is second. I'm, I'm going to go three, but uh, second, second half scoring has to be addressed. Has to be addressed really quick because we can't continue to throw up, you know, three points or seven points in two quarters. You just can't do that and expect the good teams, the teams that 
are going to be fighting for the championship, not to score. And those games, you're going to have to get used to scoring 30 points. Just look how well Josh Allen and the Bills played last year in the AFC championship and end up going home. Uh. Right. And that football will be in the NFC. That football will be in a Super Bowl. That football will happen at some point this year. So manufacturing points and being a perennial or every week, 28, 30 plus point team has to be the goal in order for us to win the, the Super Bowl. Right. So we got to figure out that. And usually that has always been us. It's not because other teams have stopped us. We have in each of the games, we have controlled the ball more, but we have created so many um, self-inflicted wounds when it comes to penalties, missed kicks, when it comes to drop passes, something is always rearing its head when we're trying to take control or score 50 points in the game. You know, so um, those things have to get better. And then Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts is, is taking like astronomical steps. And, and, and in my mind, I can't even fathom how much better he has gotten. Yeah. I can't even like from looking at the game every day and evaluating every play and understand what he has to do, knowing the offense. I've been in his offense before, um, knowing what he's that, that he's seeing and seeing the progression has been outstanding. The one thing that was a negative for me is that the last two games, he's basically thrown an interception. And that's not a big deal, but how it's being thrown is the problem. He's not seeing underneath coverage at time. And it's the same exact play that he threw an interception with the Jaguars with the same play that Jalen Thompson almost picked that he yep. dropped. It was the same play. It was out of a different formation, but it's still a deep cross concept with the post. It's still that. And you have to be able to see underneath coverage because that's a big play manufacturer. The Cardinals threw an interception on a deep cross. It was two posts and a deep cross. You should have hit the deep cross, right? So that's a staple in the NFL that every team runs three, four times a game. We got to get, we have to get that play ironed out because that's a just a big play waiting to happen. Yeah, no, I agree with you on yeah. on all of that, and I definitely want to talk about Jalen Hurts' progression and the offense as a whole. Um, I heard a, a interview this week with. Um, one of your old buddies, Donovan, and kind of his thoughts on on what um, he thinks the outlook of this team is going to be. So I, I want to ask that after this. As far as my two downs, and you actually did a, a good job addressing this in your ups, um, thinking about the defense. I just felt that the first quarter defense and the first fourth quarter defense looked totally different. That fourth quarter defense looked like we were paying with the lead and we went into the half as at, with a tie. Um, it, it reminds me of those, that Jim Schwartz era that Ben don't break and then kind of step up in the in the red zone. And like, let's be honest here. Like, I don't think the sentiment is is that we're, we're celebrating because we're five and zero. But I think a lot of us understand that like that missed field goal is like something that's very uncommon for kickers, like in that sub 50 yard range. Right. Indoors. The only reason indoors indoors right yeah, yeah. The, the only the only reason that we're five and oh is because of a missed field goal i truthfully think the way our defense was playing five yard out five yard out five yard out it was maddening it was like the first time this season i'm like throwing stuff and yelling i'm like what is going on it felt like you know eagles uh eagle seasons of the past and i'm like sitting here like great like this is this is who we are and i just i really felt like we were playing like we had a lead 
I felt like the defense looked totally different in the fourth quarter than in the first. And like I said, a fluke, something that just doesn't happen from NFL kickers. I just feel like kickers get better and better and better every single year. Um, that's why we're here celebrating. I don't think the overall sentiment is that we're all happy. And then kind of like what you said too, Jason, it's exactly what I said. I think Jalen was finding a lot of comfort in those short routes, the, you know, the screen, not a screen, but the the short route to Devonta where he didn't run up the, yeah. Yeah. Right. Where it was like third and like 21. And then like Nick is like, dude, what are you doing? Like, like take the shot or like do something here. Right. Um, I felt like he was playing. I don't know if I want to say scared because I, I think Jalen was in command and he stepped up when he had to and he got scrappy when he didn't see the reads. But I felt like he was ignore. He, he was taking the easy way out when he had to prove it with his arms. And when you have a whole entire city on every single podcast saying Jalen needs to prove it with his arm, Jalen needs to prove it with his arm, and he's throwing for over 300 yards a game. I, I just don't want him to find solace that like he has to get a short completion here or like I don't know how that no. messes up his psyche. But well, I, I I think to answer that it goes back to the team that's being played. Right. So the emphasis was screens because of how much they would be blitzing, and they were creative in blitzing. That's one of all. That's a really really hard three four defense to kind of debunk because they've moved so much. They have J.J. Watt, they have Allen, they have um, Marcus Golden. They have guys that have been in this defense for a long time and they have interchangeable parts that can move all over. Mm -hmm. So for an offensive line that's shuffling in and out, Jalen knew at some point that they're not gonna be able to pick this all up because it was this. It wasn't just a standard rush. It was a lot of stuff moving. There's a lot of moving parts. And when there's a lot of moving parts as a quarterback, you're going to go with the safe throw at times. You're just going to do it. Is that the right answer? No. It's just showing that there's still another level or two to get right. to for Jalen Hurts, which is not a bad thing. When you say those things in Philadelphia, you know, Jalen Hurts heard it. It's like it, it just baffles me to no end because people like literally take a Republican Democrat like stance on everything <laughs> rather yeah. than like two things can be true at the same time, you know? If, if, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so to just, just to say it, Jalen still has a lot of development to be had a lot of it when it comes to reads, when it comes to understanding your personnel, we always say these terms, if you don't want to be too mean, you would say KYP. You would say, hey, hey, KYP, know your personnel. If there's a one-on-one situation, A.J. Brown's the more explosive player. Why not give him that opportunity? Right? Yeah. KYP, know who you're going against. This week we're going against Trayvon Diggs. Why would I throw one over there on a deep ball when he's in step? You can beat him. But just make sure that he's not in step with the receiver. So things like that. Know your personnel. Know what you're looking at. And he has to figure all those things out. And it's a lot. It's not an easy thing. Well, speaking of Trayvon, and, you know, I, I also want to bring another element. I obviously want to know how you're feeling about next week's game. Are we going to be leaving next week's game 6-0? and But also, you know, you're mentioning that Jalen isn't quite at his ceiling, which is to be expected. Yeah. He's still what's his, his third year. But – is he good enough? Is he far enough along in his development where we can say that the Eagles are the NFC favorite, regardless of what the records are? Are the Eagles the best team in the NFC? 
Yeah, that's what Donovan think, McNabb said. He said he thinks we're two to three years away. Do you think the time is now? Or oh, like, damn, yeah. Y'all? Damn. <laughs> that's what he said. He said it on 97.5 yesterday. Damn. <laughs> I don't think that the team is two, three years away. First of all, two, three years away in the NFL is 20 years because you will not have the same players. Agreed. In two or three years, you won't have a Hargrave. Two or three years, you won't have a Fletcher Cox. Two or three years, you won't have a Jason Kelsey. Two yeah. or three years, you won't have majority of this roster. Take that, right? Donovan. Yeah, so 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 <laughs> it won't happen that way. Now, do I think that it's going to be tough for us to win the Super Bowl this year? But is it possible? Yes. Do I mm. think that we're the best team in the NFC as of right now, this day, playing tomorrow, the Eagles are. Mm. Do I think that the Buccaneers are going to figure it out? Tom Brady freaking always figures it out. <laughs> All right? That's what I was worried so, about. It, it, he, he always figures it out. And then the Giants are, are being coached by, listen, if no one is intimate with the game of football, Brian Dable is one of the best brains in football. Um. He, wow. he he is he he is like that. He's been like that for a long time. And anybody in the NFL circle knows that he's a force to be reckoned with when it comes to coaching. Is he in trouble though because of the quarterback? Is is like is no no Daniel Jones is a is Daniel Jones can do everything on the on the, on the field. Hmm? Daniel Jones is a really good quarterback that's had terrible leadership from from uh, owner's perspective in coaching. They're going to they're they're going to get the turnovers out of Dable is going to get the turnovers out of them. So so like, so so yeah. what, I, what what I'm saying is is that the Eagles wow. today are the best team in the NFC, and if we play our best, we will be able to beat anybody in the NFL if we play our best. And All right, so rank and yeah yeah so in rank in the NFC. I was going to say rank these combos because now I'm really curious. So you got Sirianni Hurts. You got McCarthy, and we'll go Prescott, and you have Brian Dable and and Daniel Jones. Where, yeah, where do you stack those coach quarterback combinations in terms? Yeah, of, you're not going to go with Wentz and, and 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 you know, Riverboat? I mean, I, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to save time. You know, fine. we're trying to save time. I was I, I would say I would say based on what Nick has done with Jalen Hurts, you got to put them one right and and nick has been the most creative out of all of the coaches in order to generate offense because he's literally tried five offenses in order to generate points and he's succeeded with running the football and rpos and other things in order to make the offense go so and then you look at the playmakers our playmakers are better so jalen hurts even though and this is my other point to donovan even though donovan is looking at jalen hurts and seeing the things that he um needs to mature in or get better in remember that he has two effective number ones. So therefore he doesn't have to always get to read three, four, and five in order to be successful. If one and two are winning and one, two, and three are winning with Dallas Goddard, you don't have to be the best quarterback in the world because your first couple reads are supposed to be there. So therefore, same way with Carson Wentz. Everyone was on a Carson Wentz's train. Carson Wentz had a great scheme. He wasn't reading three, four, and five. Eight, uh, he was. He was. They were calling a great game. The Doug, Doug, and Frank were calling amazing games where his first option was open the entire season. So when you put that in perspective, you don't always have to be Patrick Mahomes. And even Patrick Mahomes has struggles getting to four and five. But Aaron Rodgers can get to anybody. Like certain guys get to anybody. So you don't have to have you know 
to be the best in order to get there. Yeah, I mean, so, listen, you, you throw yeah. Nick Foles into that same exact scheme that Carson Wentz had a lot of success in, and you go home a Super Bowl champion, Yeah, right? So that just comes down to to what that looks like. That's yeah. really interesting insight. I don't think I've, I've heard it broken down like that before. Um, so I got to ask you, as, as we head into, you know, and, and for people listening, um, you know, Jason's got the Eagles hat on, like he lives this, like this is his, his team, this is his squad, like everything like that. And for us fans, this rivalry, in my opinion, is like the biggest deal in all of sports. Like all I see, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, for me, I mean, dude, like Eagles are it. Like I don't really have yeah. like a number two sport I really follow, but like in all of sports, like I, I anticipate Eagles, Dallas more than like anything, especially in a meaningful game on, 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 sun, uh, on Sunday. What is the locker room like in this situation? Like, do the players feel it as much as the fans? Are you are you watching? Like, are you talking about matchups of 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 the past and significance and, and getting you know the history of it all? Or you know, to some maybe that's a free agent that got picked up is just a, is just just another game. Can you take us through like that mindset of what a locker room looks like on a on a game preparing like this? Nobody in that locker room gives a squat about what happens 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's good because, yeah. yeah, it's like sometimes when the more, the less you know, the better you do. And, and, mm. and, you know, so no one in this new era cares about what happened, you know, in 1970, 1980, Reggie White sacking somebody like they don't give a damn. All right. So that's one. The fans make you hate Dallas here. Because you just hear it. Even though, though you're trying to block it out, the fans make you hate. When I was playing, Dallas wasn't our number one rival. The Giants were. Yeah. The Giants were a tougher team. We always viewed the Cowboys as a very soft team, just our teams. We knew that the Redskins during that time and the, and the, and the, and the Giants, we were going to come out with a broken nose or broken finger um, you know, headaches, that type of thing. And we knew that if you hit the Cowboys, they would lose, you know. So it's a different time now. I'm not saying it's the same. That's, that's the same team. So every generation has a different rival. But the fans' number one rival in Philadelphia, because of all of the traitors in Philadelphia, has become the Cowboys. And that's the number one reason. It's not because the Cowboys are this great or America's team. It's just that we have so many traitors among us and it's irritating and it's frustrating. Right. <laughs> and we got to hear their 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 mess when the Cowboys do well and they're going to the Super Bowl every year and everyone talks about <laughs> them and all of that stuff. Right. So it, it just makes it a harder pill to swallow amongst us all because we all know someone living down the street that's Cowboys. Man. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I, I always felt the same way, especially because of all the miracle and the Meadowlands. I felt like the, the the rivalry of my life it has definitely been more so with the Giants because they've been you know they've won two Super Bowls and they've yeah you know the Cowboys. It's like yeah, like what they haven't been good since before my parents or you know while yeah. my parents were younger. So it's like it hasn't been relevant enough for it to really be as deep rooted, but I, there is something about like the old school Philadelphian that just still hates Dallas that I'm just like, ah, you know what? It's cute. You're, you're, an, yeah. you're a cute old angry man. I think, <laughs> I think that, I think that, um, the players remember it's going to be a different perspective and every team like, so me a rivalry, it's no question who the other team hates the most. Right. So when you look at the AFC, 
the Raiders and the Chiefs are a rivalry where both teams equally hate the other team the most. The Cowboys view the Giants as their number one rival and not us. And the Giants may view the Cowboys or the Redskins or the Redskins may view the Cowboys, right? So when you start getting that, that cross where some is sometimes the Eagles, sometimes it's of our, of our era, it's been the, the Eagles and the Cowboys. But in my time playing, it's been us and the Giants, you know? So I, I feel like that comes from a spot where, and, and I've, I've checked this a few times, and this is a true stat, the Dallas Cowboys are the top grossing sports franchise in the universe. There's not a bigger yeah. team, not the Yankees, not Real Madrid, nothing. Like, it is... It is Inside, it is the Cowboys. Inside, inside information for you guys, right? So this is just good for you, good information to know. <laughs> Back in my time, it's much more now because of you know the deals and everything. But the NFL made ten billion dollars. They make they make ten billion dollars a year, right? Of that ten, four and a half goes to the say say four million goes to the players, right? Um, four billion goes to the players. Maybe 500 million goes to stadium upkeep. Um, four billion to go to the owners. And then the other, what, what am I missing? The other, the other 500 million, the other 500 million will go um, to nonprofit or whatever, you know, what, what have you, right? There is a revenue share amongst the owners of what they'll get. So we kind of know with the Green Bay Packers how much that could be because they're a publicly owned team. All of our merchandise are together. The only merchandise that isn't together is DCMB, yep. Dallas Cowboys, Yep. right? Their stuff this, yep. is not included yep. in the pot, right? And there's only a certain portion of their revenue share that gets counted because they make that much more than everybody else. Now, of all the top grossing sports in the world, most NFL teams are on that top 25 list or the top 50 list. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they are a revenue machine and it's great marketing. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's why we talk. That's why I think the rivalry means so much to me because that team just happens to be in our division. And yeah. like you They're said, easy to hate. And just like you said, Jason, everyone knows that Cowboys fan. You have that person that roots for all Philadelphia sports, and then you have, and then like they root for the Cowboys for. It's like what? Like how could you? How could you even grow up in this in this area? Have you always been an Eagles fan, or like what was like your childhood team like no. getting upbringing and everything? I'm like, a I'm a Bears fan. Like so, yeah. like, okay. I, I, I root. I like the and, Bears. And this is and this is this is you know sad, but this is three. It's three teams I root for. I root for the Eagles number one. Don't say Dallas, Jason. Whoa. Don't the, say Dallas. The, chi- the, the Chiefs number two. Obviously, right. I played there, and Coach yep. Reed is there, and then the Bears. Those are, those are teams I root for. Did uh, now, you know and, we're starting to starting to get rumors about Andy Reid drawing mustaches on on people's on people's faces while they're sleeping? Never happen in real life. Never happen in real life. I cut you off. What were you saying before that? No, I was saying that that'll never happen in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> so, I know we're 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 hitting time here. One last question before you know b- before we wrap things up. We got a couple different Batmans on the team. We got Swole Batman. We got Fast Batman. We got Skinny Batman. Jason Avant, 
What Batman are you? J- Jason Kelsey, sexy Batman. Sexy yeah. Batman. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you stealing his? Uh, no, I'm going to go with um, Reliable Batman. Reliable Ooh. Batman. That's a good one. That, yeah, if, you know better. what? Yeah, that so. is that is one word to summarize Jason yeah. reliable, Mr. Third Down. I couldn't Jay. do much couldn't do much more yeah. than that. But, <laughs> but I can catch it. <laughs> Seriously, man. Like it, it's crazy because I like I don't know. I, I feel like you you I don't know. Like you've you made an impact in, in, in this town. It's like you usually think of players who are I'm not, you're a superstar in my mind, Jason. But I'm saying, like, you know, yeah, it, you I were just it. such a such a grinder and like just such you knew your role and you just produced all the time and like you you had an entire reputation from it. And like you're beloved here because of it. So it's just that's, yeah. that's Philadelphia. Philadelphia yeah. will always respect the guy that doesn't complain, doesn't talk, that goes out and gets his job done, whether it's raining and snowing, he's injured or not catch the football you don't throw people under the bus there'll always be a place for that guy the person that's a complainer the guy that's on social media clapping back at the fans the guy that is making a spectacle and making it about him you won't last long here it's just philadelphia amen yeah so before we get going tell us about launch let the people know what this this venture and uh you know now you have a whole slam ball court Oh, I got a lot of stuff going on. We're at launch right now. Um, well, I'm at launch right now, so um, we're in one of the party rooms. But um, check us out, Launch Trampoline Park, Denver, New Jersey. We do um, rock climbing, laser tag, ninja warrior. We have slam ball. We have dodgeball. We have an interactive jump where we put you inside a video game and you can jump on a trampoline while you're looking at yourself play a video game. Wow. We have a full <laughs> arcade. We have um, pizza corporate events, parties. We do everything here at Launch Trampoline Park, doing a really big Halloween bash for kids. We're going to turn our laser tag into a haunted house and give candy out and all types of things. So um, check us out, launchdefford.com, launchdefford.com, Launch Trampoline Park in Defford, New Jersey. Come out. If you want to get your son hit in the face with a dodgeball because he's acting up, I'll be your man. I'll apply for that job right now be honored um, i'd be yeah, honored exactly. i'd be honored he's upstairs giving yeah, his mom a really tough exactly. time over dinner right now so i'll bring him over right now i know you're there yeah i talked i, I talked talk the most junk in here everyone knows me do. as being quiet but every every receiver is a diva on the inside so all of us want the ball some of us know when we got to say something or not but all of us want the ball. When I'm here, I'm the loudest. I'm I'm full TO impersonation here. So, so I take it that there's there's no there's no age restriction. All all ages. All ages can get it. Mom, dad, grandma, <laughs> infant. I'm kicking ass and taking names here. Oh dodgeball. <laughs> you heard it. If you want to take a dodgeball to the face, go check out. Go hit up launch. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's funny. Alex, at least we're okay. not throwing. At least we're not throwing wrenches. What was that? Um, yeah, if you can dodge a wrench. wrench. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. Last thing to send us off. What are your score predictions for for Sunday night? Oh, I don't know if I've gotten that far yet, Alex. But let me. I, I'm definitely going to predict the Eagles win. I want to see, so I've watched the Eagles game this past game and all their games at least three times through. Today, tomorrow, and Thursday are my uh, my Dallas Cowboys watching days. Okay. 
So I want to see what we're up against. I know that the D-line is crazy and Micah Parsons is the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. Um, but, it, well, he's the most – He's the most dominant defensive player since DeMarcus Ware in our conference. So yeah, they are actually second in sacks, 20 yeah. already. We're fifth yeah. with 16. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, it's they they get to it. They get to it. Uh so that right there can change the complexion of the game, especially when you have two you have two ball hawking guys. And everyone thinks it's Trayvon Diggs. Malik Hooker was brought into this league mm. to intercept the pass. He's been hurt the entire time, but now he's healthy. And that's that's a that's a problem there. So Jalen Hurst has to be very accurate this upcoming game. But overall, I think we can run the ball on them. Um, you know, they have a bunch of slender guys that want to rush the passer. Mike Parsons is a, is a dynamic player. But when we start to get when we start to get Lane Johnson on him, it's a totally different story when, yep. when it comes to run run block. Yep. Right. So I think we'll 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 have it. But I can't give a score prediction right now. I think the Eagles will win, but it's going to be a tough game. I appreciate the integrity there. Yeah, I think um, I, I think to your point. I mean, Cooper Rush only passed the ball sixteen times last week, right? And and you'll you'll be watching that film. I, I don't think Cooper Rush is doing anything crazy in in Dallas right now. I think that you know that could step in, and I don't think there's a controversy as much as Skip Bayless wants you to think there is. Um, but you know, just just like you said, it's all about the merch, all about the brand, all about creating buzz and, and what they have to do. So with that being said, I think it's going to be a boring game. I think it's going to be a lot of running. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Jalen. I don't think we're going to see a 300 yard night. I'm going to keep it low. These games always tend to be low. I know you want to see every weekend us put up 28, 30 points, Jason, but I think it's going to be one of those weeks we put up 19. They put up eight really weird score right something really odd 19-9 and that's just kind of what it is grind it out game eagles take it but it's it's not pretty it's 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 one in the trenches and it's going to be on our run game against stopping their run game yeah Yeah. i hope we can just start off i'd like to take an early lead i i want to i want to make cooper rush have to throw the ball and and put them in a game script where they can't rely as heavily on the run um and clearly you know their defense is for real that's why they're four and one more so than their offense i would argue uh, the over/under is currently 42 and a half, so Vegas also yeah. thinks it's going to be pretty low scoring. So I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I hope that we can, you know, just just stick to the run a little bit heavier and, uh, and just see Jalen continue to progress and uh, Michigan get another win. Eagles there get another go. win. Let's keep this going, baby. Me, me, going. I, me, I'm just I, I, Trayvon Diggs is not a travel corner. He tries to, but he's not a travel guy. If you get one-on-one matchups with him and there's route concepts, you go after him. If he's ever in phase, like a jump ball, don't do the jump balls. He's a receiver. And that's what he's good. And that's what he's good at. Like jump ball situations or him looking at the quarterback. But if he's ever in one-on-one coverage and you get an opportunity, you got to go after him. Because he can't run with AJ Brown. He can't run with Devontae Smith. He definitely has um, you know, deficiencies. And their other corner has deficiencies. So if this will be a game where Jalen Hurts has to be a quarterback that that moves safeties and plays the game with his eyes. This is that type of game. You can't you can't be a guy that's looking guys down this game. It's you know, staring guys down. You can't do it this game. He has to be a quarterback this game in order to pass the ball effectively. It can be done. It's just that he has to be efficient. You hold the safety. You hold the safety. You hold the safety. I throw it. I don't hold the safety peak. Look at the safety peak. You can't do that this game. You have to hold them there until your time to 
and mm. fill it and fill it. Get this man on the yeah. sidelines. Yep. Get this man on the sidelines. He's yep. got it all yep. figured out. Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> get there. We'll, we'll we'll get there one day. Not coaching. Yes, you will. Not coaching. No. I just want to be on the sideline. Hey, how was your game today? It's <laughs> <laughs> an, an ambassador. <laughs> uh, right on. All right, Alex. I think we've. I think our time here is done. Anything yeah. else? Man, thank you so much. Just have a legend, a Philly legend like you on the phone um, with us doing this. We really appreciate it, man. So, so thanks, uh, thanks for spending some time with us, giving some v- really valuable insight. And um, yeah, make sure you guys check out Launch. Um, Heck place yeah. looks awesome. I will definitely be checking that out um, after we hang up here. I'm going to try to uh, try to get myself some free passes. Oh, he's showing me around <laughs> right now. So we got the virtual tour. Yeah. <laughs> there oh, you go. Yeah. That's right, just Jason. the first part. Thanks a lot, man. Love we it. really appreciate it. You're the best. All right, gents. You guys take it easy.